Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at Seven Grand, we had Greg Mayer in the house with Kayo whiskey from Japan. Actual Japanese whiskey, meaning whiskey made from malted barley in Japan. What? Highly irregular. You have to hear the story of oceanic maturation. So we're gonna go right into oceanic maturation we're talking about? No, no, this is a one minute video. We <laughs> no. have no time. No, no time. Check out the line, yes. check out the whiskey. Tell your friends about our podcast if they want to know more about the spirits that they love. Always remember to enjoy this podcast responsibly. That means share with your friends and don't be stingy. Nobody loves a collector who never shares. That's a lonely person. You wanna be loved, don't you? Be generous. Kayo! Kayo. Kampai! Kampai. All right, all right. I like that. It's nice. Yeah, I like that. It's called the, the slow clap. This is, oh, yeah. I've it's heard not it. known by everyone everywhere. I thought I read about it once in a book. I, I'm from the Northwest, and <laughs> I only recently got introduced to cornhole. So there are certain <laughs> things that are like. Some parts of the country do their thing this way, yeah, other people yeah. they do think. Out here on the West Coast, we have the slow clap. Mm -hmm. How's it going, man? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. You doing well? <laughs> I'm good. But Kayo whiskey, give us a little background because I know that a lot of people are here, they're very excited about the idea of Japanese whiskey, but maybe they've never tried Kayo. How long have you guys been selling whiskey in the States? So Kayo has been around since uh, September of 2017. Uh, it's been a company for a lot longer, uh, but we, we I guess, uh, del del dove into the market uh, September 2017. So um, we've been growing pretty exponentially, doing really well uh, across the, uh, the entirety of the United States. I think we're in about 43 states right now and another 20 countries um, as well. Uh, California, I love you guys, and this is definitely my biggest market in the country, and uh, you know, very stoked and happy to be here. And uh, well, talking, we're, we're preaching the good you. word on Japanese whiskey because it's such a, a dynamic and different kind of uh, market. And it can be so unique. Uh, you know, our line in particular, as you guys will taste tonight, uh, there's five different SKUs of Kayo, and you know, they really all have their place, and they're all uh, pretty different and uh, really enjoyable. So there's a lot of uh, controversy among hardcore kind of whiskey purists, if sure. you will. Not that, I don't know if you can really call yourself a purist when you talk about international spirit because sure. everyone's got their own traditions and own, own ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of sometimes inappropriate to tell somebody how to do something and when they're in a different country, do it their own way. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, with the huge amount of desire that a lot of whiskey fans have to try Japanese whiskey, there have been products coming to market in the last five years that are whiskey that it, it, it may say it's Japanese whiskey, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily whiskey that's made in Japan. Yes, we had a, you know, someone actually said something about that to us, and uh, you know, our whiskey is, um, it's 100% Japanese whiskey. It is distilled in Japan. We are not the distiller, we are the blender. Uh, so we actually purchase our, our new make whiskey from about six different distilleries uh, who I'm not allowed to say uh, due to non-disclosure agreements, but uh, you, you know, if you look at our bottles, you can kind of tell. Uh, but it's all, you know, 100% distilled in Japan. So we are we are a Japanese-based whiskey, Japan-based so whiskey. Just to clarify that is, is a lot of the new Japanese whiskeys that have come to market have been teaspooned, where they're buying product from Scotland, mm -hmm. adding a little bit of Japanese uh, 
whiskey to the barrel mm -hmm. that they're going to bottle and then calling it Japanese whiskey because one, they own it, they bought it. Two, it does have actual Japanese whiskey in it so they, they have less stringent laws. Like we have to understand it, we have a very litigious culture here in the United States. The definition of bourbon is the most kind of specific from a litigious point of view. It's not like the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. and, but then again, you, you go to Ireland and you go to Scotland and they're like, oh, they make that rice whiskey, mm -hmm. or that rice spirit. A lot of people on the other side of the pond in Europe, they don't, they're not totally down with the Japanese whiskey either, not yeah. because it's teaspoon, mm -hmm. but because they think it's made out of rice. Some yeah. people have a beef with the fact that here in America, we call rice a grain. Mm -hmm. In some other countries, they don't call rice a grain. It's an adjunct mm -hmm. uh, pro uh, agricultural product not one of the noble grains, sure. so to speak. And we, we don't use rice, and we're 100% malted barley. So, so uh, yeah, we, uh, again, yeah, it's, uh, it's all barley, uh, barley whiskey. Right on, mm -hmm. so very unique, because there's a lot of expressions that are coming to market from Japan sure. that are not like that. Exactly. And you were started by uh, an ex-employee of Asahi, is that right? Your master blender used to be a beer maker, or, or tell me the story. So our master blender, uh, his name is Jeffrey Karlovich. Uh, he uh, is was actually the former master blender for Lost Distillery. Uh, okay. He's worked with um, a lot of different scotch companies, the Keeper of the Quake. Uh, wow. The guy is, uh, I mean, probably the most impressive uh, blender I've ever had the pleasure of, of getting to work with. Uh, he's truly, his head is, it's kind of weird. It's it's crazy and weird to, to watch him work uh, because does he have an oddly shaped head? No, no, his head is shaped normally. I probably he's a good looking guy. You know, look him up. Um, but uh, he's uh, you know his palate and his ability to blend is is in my opinion really second to none. And uh, but he's uh, he's American. Uh, you know, we are uh, it's even though we are a Japanese whiskey, we are uh, most of us that uh, work with uh, Kayo uh, are American. We have our president is actually Swedish. Interesting. Uh, so yeah. how did that all happen? How did Americans and Swedes come to Japan and say they wanted to start a Japanese whiskey brand. Well, when, when uh, Jeff was trying to create, the, coming up with Kayo and creating it, you know, this was back when Japanese whiskey really started to begin this amazing boom and kick that it's, it's now currently riding and, and it's only growing, which is fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, we were, he, he was just fascinated by Japanese whiskey. He loves the, he loves the product and uh, it was kind of like a pet project at first and it turned into something beautiful. and. Uh, yeah, it's really kind of how it started up. So um, someone came over from the states and started creating relationships with some of the different. Yeah, uh, he had relationships with, with different people, uh, distillers in Japan, um, and uh, through those relationships, he was able to, you know, kind of start off our brawing process of this new make whiskey, and uh, you know, really get us going with uh, with the Kayo product. But just to be clear, the whiskeys we're having tonight are Japanese whiskeys made from malted barley in Japan blended from different distilleries. You guys don't have your own distillery as yet? We don't have our own distillery as yet. That is in the process of, of talks with doing that. Uh, yeah, so there, we, um, we buy uh, the, the whiskey, um, you know, very different, you know, we'll buy certain ages and even some new make stuff and age it. And uh, we go through the whole aging process in Japan, um, which we'll get into more about like how, you know, the different barrels we're using and uh, why they make such a big difference. And then we do oceanic maturation, so we actually Ship them at. Well, let's just hold off oh, on hold that. On. That's, that's like that's the got, fun stuff. Uh, yeah, but yes, we gotta get into they're, that. They're then blended and uh, and bottled. Uh, but they are 100% malted barley, non-chill filter, no color added Japanese whiskey. And oceanic maturation, yeah, which we'll like get to. Yeah, it's like a technical term. Yeah, like I've never even, that's that's a new term. <laughs> it's you a new term. Like, new term of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Very tricky. Yes. Um, but Kayo does mean ocean, right? Kayo translates to ocean. Yes. Okay. 
So what is this first mark that we're getting into this evening? So the first mark we're doing is the single. Uh, this is our youngest expression. This is seven years old. Um, and the single came about really because of uh, our desire to kind of create a product that really fit into bars and, and really something a little bit more accessible into the cocktail realm. Um, so this is a seven-year-old Japanese whiskey. Um, it does uh, the seven years in ex-bourbon barrels with a, uh, that we actually purchased from uh, Buffalo Trace uh, currently. And, uh, and then a six-month uh, Mizanara Oak finish. So Mizanara Oak is the big staple of what Kayo is, a uh, big part of what Kayo is. Everything we do uh, at some point in the aging process touches Mizanara Oak. Uh, Mizanara Oak is Japanese native oak. It's very much more delicate than your French or American oaks. And these, uh, it's a very big process to actually create our barrels because these trees have to be about 200 years old before we can use, utilize them. And they're wavy and there's knots in them. So we really rely on these really incredible uh, coopers to, to create our barrels for us. And yeah, uh, it's not necessarily great barrel wood. No, it's, it's actually, we, you know, on top of that angel share, we also lose another probably like 4% to leakage, which is, uh, it's a price to pay for what we love. And, you know, we you know, stand behind what it does to our product so much that we're willing to kind of endure that. Have to... you ever thought about maybe making a floor with a drain in it? Yeah, maybe. That'd be fun, right? No, because what would happen is I'd find out how to get to the bottom of the drain, That's and I would just whiskey. have, like, you know, a Cambro under there, and I would just right? take that home. Right? You know, that would, that'd be my whiskey. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. That's what I would do, too. For be a sure. lot of gators in the sewers getting wasted. <laughs> wow. Some Japanese gators. I don't know if they're there. But, you know, really I, I live in New York, so that's like the, uh, the, the, the stereotype. It's like, oh, there's gators in the zoo. I'm like, it's not, though, but you know, whatever. Oh, my. Maybe okay. a bunch of drunken rats. Whoa, okay. I'm into that. You know, It'd be fun to watch, Japan's right? Japan's very clean. No. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Still a city. <laughs> In Tokyo. Some of the, Tokyo's one of the cleanest big cities I've it's ever been to in my life. It's still a my city. Goodness. I didn't see any rats. All right, so <laughs> stick your nose in this glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you guys getting on the nose here of this Cayo the single? A lot of alcohol. Alcohol. It is. There is definitely alcohol in whiskey, for yes. sure. It is a little higher proof. It's a 48% alcohol by volume. So we, uh, we kick it up a little bit because we, we really want it to stand out when we're mixing it. Well, that's a really good point. Is that a lot of people, when they first smell a whiskey for the first time, or any spirits tasting they go to, it's a lot different from drinking, smelling beer or wine because it's a fermented beverage. So you're right. The first thing that hits your nose is that alcohol, it's that burn. But what you hopefully can get through coming to a lot of these tasting events is that there's something on the other side, that ring of fire or the wall of fire, as uh, some of the folks in the industry like to describe it, uh, there's that sense of, on the other side of all that heat, there are floral notes, there's wood, there's chocolate, there's fruits. So go slow. If you're just smelling alcohol, what I like to do is stick the nose in my glass, breathe in gently through my mouth. That causes a little retronasal effect where you're cooling the alcohol vapors over the back of your palate. And hopefully that'll slow it down enough that you can think about what food your words, words you're reminded of. Or it could be a place. Like, what are you guys getting <laughs> as you tap this over your tongue? Dark chocolate? Nice. Very specific there, Sam. All right. What else? What are you guys getting? Quick question. Is, is the reason why we're tasting that alcohol as well because it may be young? It's probably the higher proof. What he was talking about is 48 ABV means that it's 96 proof. A lot of the whiskeys that people normally sip will be around 80 proof. Mm. Bourbons tend to come in around 90, but 96 proof... Six proof points is 12% more alcohol. That's a lot. 
uh, very rapidly you're going mm -hmm. to kind of dominate the flavor profile. But in my experience, I mean, I drink a lot of single barrel bourbons all the time. A lot of that stuff's 100 proof or above. If you get used to it, if you get used to that heat, that alcohol that you were getting and kind of jump through that ring of fire, there's flavors there. The higher alcohol content actually pushes the flavor profile forward. There's less water, it's less dilute, which makes for a, a more obvious flavor profile for me. But it does take practice. You have to have a little patience, take it easy on your palate. And if after only a couple sips, you're like, oh, my palate's blown out. All right, well, that's okay. Just got to keep on trying, keep on drinking. Yeah. No. Keep on drinking more is usually the yeah. case. <laughs> and so is there a difference here? Can you guys detect this does have some Japanese oak uh, Mizunara on it? Yes, it's a, so, it's a finish. So, so yeah. what, what do you get that's different from, say, a bourbon here? Let's try to identify what are the effects of that Mizunara oak on the final flavor profile. Anybody? Like more campfire-y. More campfire All right, my experience in the past mm. is that there's kind of an incense vibe that mm -hmm. you get from uh, from the Mizunara, almost like sandalwood the in sandalwood there. Sandalwood is a big, kind of big peppery flavor. A lot sometimes. of, uh, you know, when you really dive into it, there's a, you get some tropical fruit. Um, for me, off of the single, I get a lot of banana right off the top of the nose, um, which uh, this is like my summer whiskey, and I, you know, it, that makes me think of uh, palm trees and, uh, you know, sitting on a beach. Oh, this is really good. Yeah, then it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's seven years old, it's, it's, um, it's beautifully done, and it's, you know, there is that back heat that, uh, you know, some people maybe shy away from, but uh, we love it, and we really think it actually creates a more dynamic whiskey um, than if we had kept it at a lower proof. You know, we think it really brings out a lot more of uh, the flavors we're looking for. So now, this is unusual product. You, you're you're blending together whiskeys from different distilleries in Japan. Mm -hmm. Now, in the in the Japanese whiskey world, the two kind of big boys mm -hmm. were both. There's you got Nika, mm -hmm. and you've got Suntory. Suntory, they they were both essentially started by the same guy, Masataka Takatsu. Mm -hmm. But all these little distillers have been popping up. I didn't really know that there was much of a, an ability of people to get their hands on whiskeys to be able to make these kind of blends. So how did that happen? And are you unable to use some of the, are you unable to get your hands on like Nika or Suntory or what's well, the deal? Well, so one of the biggest things is we actually, um, we are, you know, even though we're not the distiller, we have a, a great deal of say in the distilling process. It's distilled to our specifications. So, um, you know, we don't own the still, essentially is kind of where it's coming from. Um, we do buy from the big guys. Uh, and that kind of came through uh, relationships that uh, Jeff and Eric had. Um, you know, not to get too much into it, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, really through just the relationships that they cultivated and were able to meet the right people and through, you know, talking and, and hard work and long flights and, uh, and all of the, the above, uh, we were able to, uh, we had, you know, I think at the beginning, um, before, before my time with Kayo, uh, we had a, a gentleman in Japan who was kind of like our, essentially our broker in the very beginning and really allowed us to, um, to create these deals that we now use today. I'm getting like some lemon and butter and mm -hmm. banana. I do get that chocolate mm -hmm. note, the dark chocolate on the finish. Mm -hmm. Damn, what's the um, bottle price on the the single? The single, um, so the single is usually rocking around, um, I want to say like mid to high 40s. Wow. Uh, you know, like I think, uh, I've unfortunately I'm in a lot of different markets and they always vary and change retail. Uh, retail, uh, uh, probably somewhere between 45 and 50, I think. That's really cheap yeah. for for, really uh, for damn a seven-year-old Japanese, Japanese whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, you know. Uh, That's really cool. And uh, you know, another big part of why this came to be was we actually, you know, going back to how rare that Mizunara oak is. We um, we had all this whiskey, and we uh, 
and we just didn't have enough Mizanar oak. And uh, so we were like, you know, what if we tried doing them in ex-bourbon casks and see where that takes us with that Mizanar oak finish, keeping in the tradition of what we're doing. Uh, and it, it would just be created something we really love and we're really proud of. Beautiful. So Stephanie's coming around with the second, Mark. What is this beautiful whiskey here? This, this is our flagship. This is, um, this is what started Cayo. This is the Cayo uh, signature. Uh, it goes by many names. People call it the signature. People call it the traditional. I've heard it called the 43 uh, because it is 43% alcohol by volume. Um, and we like to consider this kind of like the our entry level Japanese whiskey. Um, what's really cool about uh, the traditional is that we do full term aging in Mizunara oak. It's eight years old and it uh, only touches Mizunara oak. So where the flavors that you were getting in the single, you know, were still reminiscent of the bourbon because of those ex-bourbon barrels. Um, and we were talking about sandalwood before. You're really going to start to understand what Mizanar Oak is. You're going to get sandalwood and, and chocolate malt and a little bit of uh, incense and some tropical fruit vibes. Um, it's insanely smooth. Uh, it's, it's a little too easy to drink sometimes, you know, when you're in an office and you have a, I have a wall of whiskey in my office and I just sit there and I'm like, I could drink this. I don't have to drive for two hours or whatever like that. And it just... Uh, you know, it'll catch up with you, uh, you know, after, you know, however many glasses. But uh, it's definitely, you know, we really, this is what started Kyle. This is what brought Kyle into, um, into fruition. And, uh, yeah, this is the traditional. So no age statement. We don't put, actually, we, so we don't put age statements on anything but the seven-year. Okay. Because uh, uh, based on the whiskey we're buying and blending, uh, this can, you know, it's varying between uh, seven and a half and, like, eight and a half. We, we, we like to say eight years old. Okay. But uh, yeah, we don't like to, we for some reason decided against the, the uh, age statement thing. We didn't think it needed it, to be honest. And is this be... aged in anything other than used bourbon casks? No, this is all Mizanar Oak. Oh, all Mizanar, 100%. Is, this is 100% wow, Mizanar Oak, yeah. So okay. Mizanar Oak was actually, a lot of people tried doing aging process with them a while back. Um, it was actually originally used to make furniture. Uh, that was the, the, the purpose of Mizanar Oak was for furniture. So they ended up uh, doing it for about four years and it wasn't uh, giving the right flavor profile, it wasn't appealing. So we started doing it, right, four years isn't working, let's, let's go up to seven, let's go up to eight and see what happens. And you know, when we got to that age, we started to really see these flavors that we were looking for. And how, do you know, have you seen these Mizunara oak barrels? Are they small barrels, like little pipes? Are no, they no, gigantic? They're, like... they're um, you know, your standard, standard American size barrel. Okay, you know, okay. So. So what what are you guys getting as you stick your nose in that glass and breathe gently in through your mouth? Try to see if you can jump over that wall of fire. What food words come to mind as you smell this Cayo signature, the traditional? Chocolate? Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper with that idea. Is it dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Is it a Tootsie Roll? Like, Say again? Cocoa. Cocoa. Yeah, it could be cacao nibs. It can be... Excellent, excellent. Lauren, what are you getting? Anybody? Banana. banana again? That's that Mizanara that really it has such great walnuts. tropical fruit vibes on it. Walnuts. See, yeah, that's, I think that, to mm. me, I think Mizanara yeah. gets like these dark notes in it mm. too. Like underneath that kind of incense fruit. vibe, there's something really dark. Yeah, banana bread with walnuts. That's there a, you that, go. That's a great one, banana bread with walnuts. I get some stone fruit as well. Right on. Like uh, apricot, a peach. Like a little bit of, yeah. This Cayo means ocean, but what the hell is oceanic maturation? So oceanic maturation is, is just literally what we do is we take these barrels um, in Japan and we put them on a boat 
and we ship them from um, Osaka, Japan to Liverpool, England, which is actually where our blending and bottling hall is. It's about 90 to 110 days at sea. We go uh, through the Panama and the Suez Canal. And um, what this does is it really allows this rapid incorporation of flavor. Um, you know, you, you got a barrel in a rickhouse, right? And someone maybe comes and turns it every once in a while. This is like that, but like on such a, like jacked up on who knows what, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's really oh. incredible. It's constant motion. So you have three different factors coming into this. You have the climate change, which allows that oak to really expand and contract at a whole nother level. Um, you have the motion of the ship itself. So now that this oak is expanding and contracting, the, the juice in that barrel is really going through the grains of the wood. And um, the pressurization coming from being yeah, on the Yeah, the barometric sea, pressure from being on the ocean must it, be massive because you're, you're traveling halfway around the world mm. going through all these d different massive pressure changes. Exactly. Just, you're covering so much ocean mm -hmm. that the barometric pressure must dynamically mm -hmm. vary. In and we got this hugely. idea from um, another brand that we actually work with called Kelt Cognac. Um, Kelt Cognac's been around uh, for quite a while. Um, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever had Kelt. Uh, it is, you know, let me get off Kyle for 10 seconds. It's a beautiful cognac and it is incredible. But they started doing this back in the 80s and they do something called the Tour de Monde, which they actually go to like about 13 different ports around the world with these Kelt barrels on, on a ship. We actually have a really cool model ship in our office called, uh, of, a, of a ship called the Gothberg, which is what did that first journey. Um, but yeah, so we kind of, when we were creating Kayo, we, we saw that and we were like, well, what if, we're, what if we try this oceanic maturation? And I've been fortunate enough to try whiskey that was before and after. And you know, there's, there's speculation on the process. Um, I know Jefferson's is big on it as well. Um, and uh, it really does make a difference in the product and uh, a difference that we really enjoy. So which of these, they've all had maturation? They all do oceanic maturation. They all wow. do, and uh, they're all, they all touch Mizanar Oak at some and, point. And where, what's going on in Liverpool? Like that's your bottling facility. What else, what other kind of spirits are you guys bottling there? Oh, we're really, it's just, we're only doing um, uh, blending and, um, and bottling uh, Cayo in uh, the Liverpool facility. We have, uh, we work with uh, Kelt Cognac, so that's, that's all in Grand Champagne. Um, France, and uh, we're actually going to be picking up a new spirit um, in October called High Coast. It's a Swedish single mod. It's formerly a Bach um, uh, distillery, and uh, we're going to be kind of working with them as well, and it's, it's a fantastic product, too. It's so good. Now, I've had other whiskeys before that were, mm. like, finished on a boat, and now, if you know, you've, you've been to different distilleries, and you can smell kind of the, the forest air, mm -hmm. wherever the warehouses are. Mm. And it, it'll actually have a lot of effect on the distillate because barrels are breathing containers. They're, they're made of wood. They breathe a lot. Almost during, like living beings. Yeah, they yeah. really they get a lot of influence outside of the barrel. actually gets into the whiskey because they're porous containers. Mm. Now, if you've been on an ocean liner, anything, especially like a freight vessel, mm -hmm. I've traveled around through Southeast Asia on some pretty funky old school boats, mm -hmm. and they smell like rust. They're like, they're kind of musty, yeah. and they can be kind of gnarly, like I, not an appetizing uh, kind of place to store your barrels mm. do you guys have any kind of like environmental containment like you want the whiskey to be splashing around inside of the barrel mm -hmm. but are you protecting it from kind of like that steel rusty there is, bucket there's protection uh, you know and I'm not gonna sit here and, and tell you that I know all the specifics of it uh, because I don't but I know there there are obviously uh, protection things in place and with this oceanic maturation yeah these barrels can come off and they can be a little weird and uh, that's why the blending process for us is such an important process and that's where Jeff comes in uh, and uh, you know because sometimes these barrels come off and you're like 
oh, that's kind of weird, but we love it. You know what I mean? Like they you deliver some really cool results, um, and that's you know that's where the blending really kind of comes into play. You know, a lot of it is we be doing that oceanic maturation, and Liverpool was uh, just. One of these destinations where uh, we knew people, we had the, the access to uh, this, this, uh, this warehouse that we wanted to do it through. And it was just, it was more of a locale based on, uh, on just kind of where we wanted to go. There's no real- it's a famous port town. Yeah, there's no real like big, it doesn't incorporate anything else to it. It just was our, it was just a decision kind of that was made. Um, you know, it is still, Distilled in Japan, it's still Japanese whiskey, you know. Even though are you guys blended. headquartered in Japan, or you headquartered in head, England, head, uh, or you headquartered our headquarters in are in uh, New Jersey. In New Jersey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, our headquarters. Are, so actually, our master blender uh, lives in New Jersey, uh, which is which is incredible because he's in Japan most of the so, time anyway. But oh, do they ship him samples, or how does he do that? Yeah, he gets shipped samples, and that's where we kind of uh, he, he's he's out there a lot too. I mean, it's a uh, he does a little bit of work at home, but he's in Japan, and at the uh, he goes to Liverpool at least like once. Uh, once a month, I believe, uh, to you know, oversee a lot of things and go from there. Beautiful. Yeah. This is the cast strength. This is the cast strength. This is my favorite one in the lineup. Uh, this is, uh, it's the same exact juice as the traditional, just not proofed down. So this is coming in at 53% alcohol by volume, and, and the, the, the less, the, the not proofing it down, what that really does for it is allows all those Mizanara flavors that you got when we, uh, in the, the traditional, to expand. And then the higher alcohol content gives it a really nice little black pepper rye kind of finish on it. Oh, cool. uh, this one is, uh, oh, it, it's fantastic. It is, uh, it's what the staff, we all drink way too much of this and it'll sneak up on you. And it's crazy because, you know, I tell you it's a cash strength, but a lot of people who, if I don't tell you it's a cash strength, I believe it's so smooth that you would not think it's a cash strength. And this is a good time. Like you started the evening, you're like, I just taste alcohol. Let's see if we can progress past that. So you've had it watered down to proof. Now you're a little bit more acclimated. You're getting used to that kind of burn on your palate. See if you can reach past that and see what else is going on. Trying this cast strength, mm. beautiful malted barley whiskey Beauty. from Cayo. What yes. are you guys getting as you stick your nose in that glass? Yeah, very sweet. Caramels. Caramels, honey, French beautiful. French cream, beautiful. I like that one, French cream. That's a good one, yeah. What, what, what did you say? Apples. Apples, all right, all right. Graham cracker. Graham cracker, beautiful. Pancakes, excellent. All right, am I taking everybody to a diner later? Is that what's happening? <laughs> it's like pancakes and graham crackers. I'm like, damn, I'm hungry now. Like, Next thing you know, we're all over at the standard. Syrup. <laughs> oh, wow, that's beautiful. That's so good. A really creamy mouthfeel. That French vanilla. Yeah, the, brown, uh, the French vanilla and the brown sugar come through. It's also really creamy. The texture of it is really great. Oh, it's a gorgeous whiskey. What's the bottle price at my local liquor store? Bottle price on that's coming in, I want to say closer to uh, 80, 85. Okay, yeah, but it's, it's starting to get up a little higher. Definitely. Um, and a, a big thing about the pricing on our stuff is um, is that is that Mizanara oak. Uh, it's very expensive. Um, you know, a a, 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 a barrel of uh, like a, a Mizanara barrel is like rocking like around like over two grand, which is insane for per barrel. So we uh, and it's. You know, it's definitely not the most uh, budget friendly, but it but it creates such a whiskey that we're we're happy to pay it. You know, we want we want our whiskey to be the obviously the reason we're doing this is the reason we all are a part of this kind of world. So you know, paying that price for this amazing whiskey is 
you know, no brainer. How many fills do you get out of a single Mizunara? Um, so each barrel that we use, every barrel that's created, it's specific to the version of Kayo it's going for. So like, you know, we, you know, if it's going with, even though the cash strength and the traditional are the same juice, um, if we're aging in the cash, we're doing this to age cash strength whiskey, it only does cash strength whiskey. We do anywhere from a, like around three to four, give or take, they're a light, a light to medium char. Now we're getting a little different. So this next mark is our Kayo Peated. This is a peated Japanese whiskey. Um, uh, very, very much uh, a different kind of whiskey. So the really cool thing about Kayo Peated and what makes it so really awesome is uh, the first two years of the aging process are actually done in ex Madeira barrels followed by another six years in Mizanara Oak. So it takes all that peat. This is our second edition, so we're using Isla Peat. Our first edition used Ortney Peat, a uh, very minimal difference in the end product. Uh, you know, we have a little, the Isla Peat gives it a little bit more of a maritime vibe, but nothing crazy like, or anything like that. But those Madeira and Mizanara barrels, we, they take this peat and uh, it rounds everything out and it's, you know, it's not a campfire in your mouth and it's not, you know, you've got your Lafroy 10s in your art bags and they're incredible whiskeys and I love them but it's definitely a mellowed out version of what that is. It's, um, it's peated and uh, the peat's present. Um, it, it smells a little like scotch, yeah. If you think peat, you think scotch. Uh, I like to say about the peat, um, it's not punching you in the face, but it's not dicking around in the back either. It's right where it needs to be. Uh, you do have products that'll put peated on there and it's not there and you're like, oh, you know, we want the peated to be present, but also the, Madi the Mizanara is present and the Madeira is present. And okay, so I've got a couple questions here. Then. Go for it. Now, you're buying this now. Not that many people have access to Isla whiskey in Japan, mm -hmm. uh, but we do know the big boys have, you know, Suntory owns uh, Morrison Bullmore. Mm -hmm. So is it possible that they're getting some whiskey from from Bowmore, is there some Bowmore in here? Perhaps? You just want to know where I'm buying my whiskey. I, I'm <laughs> always asking these questions. <laughs> you just, I, I, know, I, I know your questions. Uh, well, maybe I'll just put it out there for can you. Can I plead the fifth? Yeah, you can uh, plead the plead fifth. Plead the fifth, okay. For those of you out there who are Dude, maybe legal reasons. Lovers, <laughs> let's see if we can connect the dots. Stick your nose in this glass. Even if you guys guess it right, I'm not gonna tell you. But but you know, but I think it's uh, it's it's not as hard to, th to guess as you think. And we are purchasing from multiple sources, so. Um, you know, take your guesses. You can even tell me what your guesses are. I'm not gonna answer, but go for it anyway. <laughs> Ham hock, nice. What else are you guys getting as you stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth? Kayo, the peated expression here. This is still rocking around eight years old. Eight years old, no age statement, but we know yeah, it's Yeah, we don't really do age statements. I'm getting scotch from Isla. That's that Isla Pete. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Um, so th that goes back to like Japanese whiskey makers can be buying their grain. I mean, Japan's a very mountainous island country. They don't have a huge amount of space mm -hmm. to be able to grow a bunch of barley. Mm -hmm. So chances are uh, they could be, if it's made in Japan, mm -hmm. they could be buying their malted barley buy their from, Scotland, from Scotland, yeah. I know have it malted mm -hmm. at Port Allen or one of these other malting mm -hmm. places and then distilling that peated Isla Mar, uh, malted barley in, in Japan. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. What do you guys think of this one here? The peated Kayo. Smoky. Smoky. Anybody else? What other tasting notes are you getting here? Oh, they're stumped. Mm. A campfire. A campfire, okay. All right. And 
Vanilla, that's good. That's good. It's very layered for sure. Mm -hmm. And what is the uh, what's the bottle price on this one? Uh, this one is getting up there. This one's I think around like uh, ninety dollars. I think mm. something something. Uh, so you know, obviously retailers change their prices. It's anywhere from like eighty five to ninety, something like that. Someone said apples and oranges. It is mm. very fruity to me too. It's got and that's that Mizanar oak. Got that oak. chocolate. That Sam's getting some fruity notes. Mizanar oak will always impart uh, fruit flavors, whether they be tropical or stone fruit. Um, it's a very much a lighter style wood. Um, oh, it's you know? gorgeous. And uh, this one, this one is still very near and dear to my. They're all very near and dear to my heart, obviously. But the, you know, I, uh, I'm a big uh, sit around a fire and uh, you know get hammered kind of guy. So uh, you know, this is. Uh, they are different. You know, it is. It's. It's. But it's starting as the same. But you know, due to our aging and our blending and, and how we you know kind of make these whiskeys uh, become what they are. You know, the really cool thing I think about Cayo is that there really is a version of it or a skew or an expression of it for everybody. There's always, you know, you may not like the the campfire, the peat, but that cash strength just blew you out of the water or something like that. Um, and uh, we like how accessible it is to, to all palates. So Stephanie's coming around with this. Are we on mark right. number five right, right now? Five. You guys are drinking. Woo! Woo! This, this, good, one's, this one's my baby. Oh, after five drinks, everything starts to look like my baby, right? Yeah, right. Ah! This has been released. So this was um, actually funny enough. The first time we actually ever like um, yeah, had anyone outside of our our team try the Cayo Sherry was actually at Seven Grand in San Diego. That oh, wow. was that was the uh, I was down there for um, uh, tasting and uh, that kind of just fell into play. And yeah, so they were like the first twenty people to try Cayo uh, Sherry. Wow. outside of our staff and a couple other uh, key distributors. And I was doing a little peeking around online and this is your master blender's personal favorite, uh, right? This is, uh, this is something special. This is, uh, you know, it's fun. I'll do tastings with people, uh, different accounts, and you know, people won't spit out their whiskey because they're lunatics, but they do it. And, uh, and I look at them and I'm like, you better not spit this one out. You want to drink this one. Like, this is, this is something you sip and enjoy. Spit it into my mouth. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, I'll roll that way. Just don't put it into a garbage can, you know what I mean? Like, see, this is why see. we usually only do... Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Yeah, usually we only do four marks. Get weird. We're doing Get weird. five, and now people it. are like taking their shirts off and being like, you don't want your sample? Spit it in my mouth. Yeah. Right. Someone's gonna start throwing singles soon, I think. So what's really, really cool about the sherry, and why I'm really excited that you guys are tasting this, is um, we this is a limited release whiskey. We only are going through this one run of it. Um, there were 390 cases produced and brought to the US, and that's it. So once those 390 cases are gone, it's done. And we're gonna be doing some other cool stuff in the future, you know, every other year or so, we're gonna be releasing something along these lines. But this was the first edition of our sherry cask. Um, it does eight years in Oloroso um, sherry casks, followed by two years in Mizanara casks, and then a six-month Pedro Jimenez finish. Wow, what it a combination. deep and rich and dark and beautiful, and it was actually a big kind of trial and error vibe for us because, uh, you know, three different casks, you've got to figure out, like, you know, the slightest age difference can can really change or make or break a whiskey. So when we were creating this, thank you so much, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, a process and a trial to go through, and. Uh, you know, now that we're here and it's in bottles and we're able to give it to people, we're, uh, we're really stoked about the end game and how it, how it turned out. All right, so here we are with the Sherry, and it's spelled S-H-E-R-I. Yes, because we had to be different. Okay. 
making up my own terms. I've got my yes. oceanic maturation. I'm spelling my sherry with an I. Yes. It's like uh, sherry from the Journey song. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm also the head of HR for Kyle, so. Okay. You know. <laughs> So I keep us all out of trouble. Yeah, it's, it's a horrible idea. No, it's really like they hired an Irish person to do HR. I, I'm basically, I basically just you know get myself out of the trouble that I create for myself. But it's okay, you know, you know, it's fun. It's like a, it's another hat that I get to wear, and I'm just sitting there like, yo, yeah, that's a bad idea. I'm still gonna do it, but it's a bad idea. All right, so stick your nose in that glass. Inside. Breathe in gently through your mouth. Or you want to give us a toast? Yeah, you know, actually, so coming back to the Irish in me, uh, I'm sure uh, some of you have heard this toast before, but this was a toast that uh, my grandmother used to say to me, and uh, and uh, I've seen it at bars, and I, you know, it's, even though it's a, you know, we're drinking Japanese whiskey, I'm still an Irishman, so like we're gonna do an Irish toast, and uh, y'all are gonna get over it. Um, so, whoever wants to raise their glass for me, um, we're gonna do this toast together. So it goes: If you're going to lie. Lie to save a friend. If you're going to cheat, you cheat death. If you're going to steal, you're going to steal a pretty girl's heart. And if you're going to have a drink, have a drink with me. Slashva. Slashva. Cheers. That's my favorite Irish toast. Yeah, <laughs> Come That, that makes more sense, but you know, we're going to do it Irish anyway. So it's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. That smells delicious. So slow down. Yeah, like as you're yeah. sipping it, like I want to hear some tasting notes, though. This is beautiful. Enjoy the toast, enjoy the moment, but also tell me what you're experiencing. Yeah, what are you guys feeling on this one? Yeah, you get this, I get a lot of citrus, there's beautiful orange, there's like a toffee, like dark chocolate with toasted almond. What do you get, man? I know that this is a little esoteric, but it, it like it greets every part of your mouth. Yes. It coats beautifully, and it's just it's wonderful everywhere. Thank you. No, that's... Yes. <laughs> like, we, uh, you know, like we said, like I said, this was, a, this was definitely a trial and error kind of vibe. And, uh, and we are, we're so proud of this whiskey. And we, we you know, I, I like to call it, when I mess around with people, I call it like, the little crown jewel of, uh, of my life because uh, I, I got a case of it for myself. And, uh, you know, I, got, I, I use like three of them in the market and then I got three in my house. And I'm like, I'll drink this one now, but I'm going to save this one for later. Yeah, and I'm going to sell this one for about 10 grand later this on. This is a special <laughs> occasion whiskey for sure. So I think this, this wholesales for around uh, around $100. So retail prices is going about buck 20, buck 30. And you guys right, only released like 4,500 bottles of this total? or 390 cases, they're six pack cases. So oh, way less. Let's than, do math. It's around eighteen hundred, I think, or wow. something. I think that's wow. the number. I was being so optimistic. Why are we doing math right now? That's a horrible idea. Um, this yeah. is. I mean, this is coming at forty-six percent alcohol by volume. Um, again, eight years in Oloroso, two years in Mizanara, and six months in that PX finish. And uh, you know, again, going back to like our whiskeys and, and Japanese culture in, in general uh, about balance and everything, really. That's right. And uh, we believe, you know, tasting through these whiskeys and all the flavors it has, they. They are all in complete balance. You know, there's no flavor that's there just for the sake of being there. Like it's there because we, we, you know, it creates something and it, it, it adds something to the whiskey. So, you know, when you're drinking the sherry cast, you, you get that Mizanara and you get the Oloroso and you get the PX and you get, you know, like we said, those deeper notes as well as the chocolate malt from that Mizanara and a little bit of sandalwood and tropical fruit. And it's, it's almost like a little more. bit of a roller coaster, but like it's in a gorgeous. beautiful way. And tell us the name of your master blender again. Master blender's name is Jeffrey Karlovich. Karlovich hanging out in Jersey making some damn good Japanese yeah, whiskey. Yeah, he's a lunatic. And wow. I love him. <laughs> he's, uh, he's uh, again, I mean, going talking about someone with an incredible palate and uh, just an incredible 
mind for, for blending and uh, you know creating such a beautiful product. Uh, okay, so different idea, just wrap your head around how flavor profiles are created. Mm. You've got the fermentation that can bring a lot to the flavor profile. Mm. You've got the maturation, of course, in this case, a pretty unique process mm -hmm. uh, with that oceanic maturation. But then there's also, what kind of stills do you guys use? So you're, you're buying from all these different producers. Mm -hmm. Is a lot of this pot still whiskey? It's, How much of it is column distillate? So the only one that uses a column still is the single. Everything else is pot still. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, you know, we talked about the, the teaspooning and how yeah, they're buying scotch and, uh, you know, uh, but then putting like a drop of Japanese whiskey in there and calling it uh, Japanese whiskey. So we are also, it is a teaspoon whiskey except for the single, but it's Japanese whiskey. So since we're buying from these other distilleries, they have to put a drop of something else in there so it's not technically from their distillery is kind of how that goes along. Um, but it is all pot still. And uh, you know, the only one that does use a column still is the single. But there's no whiskey from Scotland. From in nowhere else. Whiskey. It is all from Japan. Yeah. So you're teaspooning with whiskey from other Japanese distilleries, exactly. just so that they can't so, say so that it's from So we can't say it's place. from so and so. Exactly. Good. Still not Thank giving you. you that name. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> it's good. There's, yes. No. The there, there, there's always that kind of like, oh yeah. And I'm like, no, it's it's real. Like, it's still Japanese whiskey. That's right. Well, you, know. you know, there's Hater's always there's there's room for mystery. That's why we invented pants. <laughs> All right. So. Amen. <laughs> Unless it's two in the morning and you're six shots in, and that mystery goes away. <laughs> Oh, wow, what a wonderful <laughs> night. You guys, let's give it up for Mr. Greg Mayer. Guys, thank Kyle. you so much. Really, really great stuff. Thank you all so and, much for coming. Yeah, and, uh, perhaps tasting you Kyle. have a new favorite Japanese whiskey, right? I hope so. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember. <laughs> <laughs>